Next year could be a very interesting one for Apple and its users. And the next major update to the Mac operating system is finally here. Plus, your hot takes. That and more are all in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Life Johnson. Howdy. And Jason Cross. Hello. Uh, before we jump into the main topics of the podcast, we have a giveaway to talk about. Yay. Macworld has teamed up with AnyTrans, the iPhone manager that helps users transfer, manage, and back up their iPhone content from one place to give away a free 64 gigabyte space gray iPhone 11 Pro Max That's to one lucky... I was just thinking, yeah. <laughs> that's a long name. It's a lot of. <laughs> iPhone 11 Pro Max to one lucky uh, Macworld reader along with a lifetime license of AnyTrans. So to sign up to win, look for the giveaway on Macworld.com. You can also find the link to the entry form in the show notes of this podcast. The contest runs through Tuesday, October 15th until 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. We'll announce the winner on the Macworld podcast at 10 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, October 16th. Uh, I should also mention that this contest is only for residents of the United States. I don't believe, like, people in Germany are allowed to oh, <laughs> enter the yeah. contest. Yeah. Can people in Hawaii and Alaska take part? Because they often get left out. I can't remember if, the, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> if it's continental yeah. U.S. or not. Yeah. Uh, check the link. Uh, for the entry form, it'll clarify whether you're eligible or not. Yep. So it's a legal thing. Yeah. Just a much much higher bar to clear to right. do all these international right. ways. Yes. But yeah, if you're interested in entering, look for the link on macworld.com. Have or you ever used any trans? I used it a couple of years ago, and it, and it really <laughs> saved me. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I have not <laughs> no? used any trans. It's so, yeah. uh, when my wife was switching from her Android phone t- to iPhone. You know, it's pretty easy to get your photos over if everything's backed up to Google Photos and right. you just put Google Photos on your iPhone. It's easy. It was getting all her texts and stuff to move, mm-hmm. and AnyTrans really made that sort of easy. So, you know, it, it's it's a process. It takes time cool. to back up your yeah. uh, Android phone and dump it all on your iPhone. But yeah. it works, and it, and it yeah. does things that you don't just get with the regular backup stuff. So it's pretty good. And that, that's an important point because I think yeah. a lot of yeah. people think that, you know, Apple's just works fine. And so, But there are cases like that where you'll need you know, yeah. something a little more Yeah, there's certain yeah. things that just don't get backed up the same, you know. Yeah. And it's good to have as just like that emergency backup. You'll get a lifetime license, so that's pretty cool. That is yeah. cool. Yeah. So now let's talk about the news. There's actually a lot of news this week. We'll start with news that kind of came out this morning, more rumor than news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo came out with some predictions for next year's product pipeline. It's a very interesting list of products that he thinks will happen. One of the main products that he thinks will happen will be a new low-cost iPhone. I mean, we call it the iPhone SE 2 or whatever. Yeah. Who knows if Apple's going to keep that naming right. system. And it's, more, it's not really the same thing that people were expecting from that. Yeah, SE. I mean, people yeah. who love the SE because it's a 4-inch phone are just out of luck forever. I mean, 4-inch yeah. right. phones aren't going to happen. But people who loved it because it was like, well, they took an old phone body and they stuffed in the latest chip and sold it for a lot less money. Mm-hmm. It's that. That's yeah. what that's what they're talking about. The... Uh, Supposed specs for this new low-cost phone makes it sound more like a sequel to the iPhone 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so the SE, the SE was the latest processor of the time mm-hmm. in last year's body. 
right. in, in the iPhone 4's body. So this is the iPhone 8's body with an A13 in it. So it's kind of the same concept. If that's what they're doing, I mean, I hope they put the, the better camera on the back. Right. Maybe not the ultra-wide angle, but make the regular wide angle at least the latest yeah. camera. Um, that would be something like what they did with the SE. But it would be Touch ID. It would not be Face ID, which also means you wouldn't get Animoji and Memoji and stuff from the front camera unless they changed the way that all works. That kind of stinks. But well, it depends what they sell it for. I think people will be happy to get any kind of new, a legit new iPhone that is going to have years of support and the latest processor and stuff for some, yeah. you know, quote unquote cheap price. There wasn't any speculation or anything that the iPhone 8 would go away next year, was there? I, I didn't catch that. It should, uh, should. based yeah. on timing. Based like, on timing, because it would be like, what, three years? Yeah, next September, it would... It, it should fall off the product pipeline because it's yeah. the old, it's the oldest one they currently still sell. They're not selling the right. sevens, right? You can get the seven in the clearance store, right. but it's not official part of the official lineup. Yeah, so it's the oldest thing in the lineup. So next September the eight should go away, but this new one would wouldn't, right? This new one yeah. would yeah. come out in the spring, and that's exactly what they did with the SE as well. It came out in the spring with the latest processor from that previous fall's iPhone, yeah. right? So. You know, the Apple never released a phone called the iPhone 9. I wonder if they would call it the iPhone 9. <laughs> that would, would be, be really confusing. It would be really confusing <laughs> when there's an iPhone 11, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if the – I mean, the SE2 would be a good name just because people liked the SE. Yeah. But, uh, and, and if they're going to keep it in the lineup longer okay. because it's kind of like a separate product they just right. – like they did with the SE. But it could also just be like the iPhone 11 – SE or the iPhone 11 S right. or the iPhone 11 E or the iPhone 11 adjective. Well, see, that's what I was wondering because this year, because they, you know, have done the more unified thing where you have the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think that they would do that? Like that would be the iPhone 12. It's not really mini, but mini or something like right. that. Well, it wouldn't be 12 yet because 12 won't come out until next September. Yes. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a spring problem. That's right. It's spring. It would be the okay. 11 mini or something. Mm -hmm. I would hope they wouldn't because I would think that without the edge, edge display, without Face ID and yeah. emoji and all this mm -hmm. stuff, it's not really it's not really an iPhone 11 uh -huh. and, and no ultra wide cameras, presumably, we're guessing. Yeah. Um, I hope it gets another name. I just hope they do it. I just hope they have some new... Mm -hmm. iPhone with the latest processor that costs I don't know four ninety nine four dollars something. Yeah, one of my friends is one of those people that really wants a new uh, SE, and I told her about the rumors and stuff, mm -hmm. and she was disappointed that it was just going to be like the the seven. Yeah, because yeah. they want the they want a four inch a brand new four inch phone. And yes. It's like, well, you're not going to find it here. You're not going to find it in Android. You're not going to find it, like. It's just not going to happen. Forge yeah. phones are dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe they'll be. They'd be into the new essential phone. Oh, oh god, <laughs> that's that weird skinny thing. <laughs> For people who don't know, uh, essential was it Andy Rubin did a tweet mm -hmm. of a, I guess previewing. Their yeah, they kind of did this in something? the first essential phone. They gave a people a look at the weird yeah. camera, and thing. and this phone, the essential phone, is like. It's really thin. Take any modern sort of Android <laughs> phone and cut it in half yeah. lengthwise. Right. Vertically. It's a remote control. And that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, and it does kind of look like a remote control. Yeah. It just seems insane. There's so many apps for which that will just be a terrible form factor. 
it's just, yeah. just it's just a, a crazy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's not what our podcast is about today no um but I, I guess i guess the point i was making is that phone makers are trending towards for lack of a better word, larger sized phones. Yeah. Because even though that's thinner, it's still pretty long. Yeah, yeah. it's still mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. So I saw that essential phone and yeah, I just kinda went, Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> no. But somebody wants that phone, I guess. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bad name for that phone though. <laughs> uh, Ruben does. Another product that well not necessarily a product, but I guess it's a characteristic of a future product is a new MacBook Pro keyboard. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of rumored for the the supposed 16 inch MacBook Pro, uh, but this kind of quote is kind of confirming that this is really going to happen. This new keyboard is based on a scissor mechanism, not a butterfly mechanism, which the current keyboards are based upon. Right. I'm looking forward to that. I've I've defended the butterfly, but that's uh, only on the 12 inch. That's only what I really liked it on. But uh, yeah. yeah. So these keyboards, based on what I understand, scissor keyboards, they're not as easy to clean, but they're also not as prone to debris, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But you also yeah. don't have to, like, switch the entire keyboard out. If <laughs> yeah, so that, That's the big problem with, with these. If one yeah. key goes out, you have to take it into Apple, and you have I, to replace the whole I'm thing really keyboard. curious for people <laughs> to break this apart and find out if and how it's different from... The previous, because before they went to this butterfly mechanism, they had a scissor mechanism. Yes. Um, and the whole point of the butterfly mechanism was to get something that is thinner, like like less Z depth and more reliable and so on. And, you know, the, all this other baggage sort of came with it. And it's been a few years. To go back to the scissor mechanism, I'm wondering, did they find a way to make it thinner but still use that mechanism? Or did they find a way to make room in the current footprint yeah are they accommodate is it are people gonna are they gonna call it the this great new generation keyboard and then i fix it's gonna tear it apart and go like (laughs) no this is the old one (laughs) they just put the old one i mean it's like practically the same thing as the old one yeah or is it actually something new Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm curious i just want it to be quiet yeah, that's the main thing because I sometimes go. They have a you know a group in the Bay Area called Shut Up and Write, and I'll sometimes go there and it's just like the you know. But the thing is, so you go into these little coffee shops and you have your Mac, your Mac, and it's just clack 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 clack. Yeah. So, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, press section at Mac events have at Apple events have have gotten considerably louder, and it's not you can it's really not conversation. It. Yeah. It's it's keyboard journalists tend to have Apple laptops and any conference room you sit in and you're taking notes, <laughs> you're like, you're the guy, you're that guy <laughs> clacking around on his. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't believe that wasn't a bigger part of the design process, realizing that that was a problem. And that's just, I mean, I, yeah, that, that really boggles the mind, but not really. Cause then you see some of the other, like we'll, we'll charge our mouse by putting the thing in the bottom of the middle yeah, of the, you, you know, instead it. of yeah. on the edge, you know, the Apple makes these mistakes sometimes, but just yeah. that it's, this is the kind of mistake that it takes years to, to do unless mm-hmm. you just right. say, oh, we'll go back to the old keyboard, which yeah. they they would never do. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I hope that happens first on this 16 inch thing that we may still hear about this year. This I don't year. know. You no, know, it's like there, there may be an October event. Yeah, we've been talking amongst us and the staff when this October or fall event is going to happen. Yeah. We were all thinking that Mike pointed out that the earnings call is on October 30th, which is a Wednesday. Mm. 
it's usually done on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Apple likes to do Apple events on Tuesdays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll do a event the day before the earnings call on October 29th, which could, s- could be. It, it just yeah. we know it won't be the 30th because they'll be busy with the earnings yeah. call. Yeah. But um I don't recall yeah. an event ever happening that close to the earnings call. Yeah, no. that seems like the last PR. year's last year's event did happen on the thirtieth, but it wasn't right next to the yeah. earnings call. And uh, I went back and looked at other past October events when they've had them, and they've kind of been all over the place yeah. for the month. So yeah. it's not like there's always it's not like the September event, which is kind of like always that yeah. second week in September yeah. <laughs> somewhere. It's it's really. I'm wondering if guess. it could even slip into like the first week of November. Possibly could be it hasn't happened, but there, there, yeah. any of that stuff could happen. Yeah, getting back to Quo, he talks about a change to the iPad Pro mm-hmm. that it could have a new camera array. Um, I totally see that because they're all leaning into it. And whenever Apple demonstrates VR, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, AR yeah. at its events, they're always using iPads. They're not using yeah, iPads. yeah. In, in part because you can see it. But yes. yeah, um, and the iPad Pros always have the best iPhones camera array. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's time for them to get the ultra-wide camera and all that stuff. Some A13X. Man, the A13X would be a hella fast processor. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that would be a crazy... Yeah. I look forward to that. I still kind of been trying to picture an iPad Pro with a three-camera array. And it just had the big squircle yeah. on the back, that big squared circle thing. It feels like overkill to me, but I don't know because I don't use an iPad Pro so it, it mm-hmm. feels like overkill but I maybe I, I could be completely wrong it's you know I'm, I'm not using pro apps on an iPad Pro yeah I yeah. Really use it but I don't ever feel compelled to use the camera on it usually when I do That's it's I mean, yeah. documents yep. or if I want to take a quick photo or something of my phone for this job <laughs> <laughs> I need another right. camera that's what I use yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. but Apple's been pushing the AR stuff and <laughs> Maybe they need to push it more as a development platform, the iPad Pro. So mm-hmm. maybe they also need to equip it so it could be a better AR platform, True. development platform. I, I don't know. One of the more interesting predictions that Quo says is that Apple could launch a head-mounted AR product next year. Mm-hmm. And I guess we all understand that to be uh, some type of like AR headset or glasses it's got to be really good it's got to be really good yeah kind of tying along with all the stuff that we were just talking about ar yeah so so that that, that kind of makes sense that sort of jibes with the old predictions from mark Gurman and stuff like that where he said that's about how far out it is it's 2020 or 2021 i'm wondering if the if the timing is still right you know there's still sort of like this residual effect of google Mm -hmm. and its glasses and how yeah, which was not AR at all. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's it wasn't even AR. Yeah, it wasn't even display. AR. It was a heads-up display, and how that kind of there was sort of backlash to it, and you know, it, it disappeared because mm-hmm. it just. But rightly or wrongly, people associated it with AR, and so true, right? right. Be, and know. and Apple's going to have to show. I mean, Apple's different. We all know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, n- nobody took smartwatches seriously until the Apple Watch, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an ability to sort of make things fashionable that people didn't think were fashionable and, and bring a sort of guaranteed, a certain amount of kind of guaranteed user base that gets developers on board. Uh, the thing that Apple's been doing better than most is 
building a, an AR platform for developers that focuses on the phone, but all those frameworks are there and people are getting used to them and they keep growing the frameworks and making yeah. them better and better. So when developers need to make this thing for the glasses, it's not going to be this completely new realm that nobody knows. It's going to mm -hmm. be stuff that people are used, developers are used to, and they just have a new target. They're going to have to do things a little differently, but it's yeah. you know it's not complete. It's not this completely new. Hey, here I want to get crazy for a second here. I sure. was thinking about the Apple bands and how you know the watch bands and yeah, how yeah. Apple makes. I predict that Apple is going to have at least at the start two or three different styles of glasses. Yeah. If they go with that, because you know yeah. they don't want to have because they they knew know that people are going to be using these as fashion accessories and stuff. Probably different colors, like the you know uh, that might be beginning a little bit much, but because uh, they you know they get their AirPods to white and stuff. But I think they'll have different styles. And yeah, I think yeah, I think that was one of the things about Google Glass is that it was obvious that it was Google Glass. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for some people some people thought that was cool cuz it, you know, it told everyone you were this hip techie yeah. dude mm -hmm. into into the latest and greatest. And some people wanted to be more discreet and didn't like that it was broadcasting everyone that you're wearing Google Glass. Yeah. Apple is a little more I guess style and fashion conscious yes. is obviously exemplified through the Apple Watch. Yeah. So yeah, I could totally see Apple doing that with with a AR headset, glasses, mm -hmm. whatever yeah. you want to call them. Uh, they've got a lot of technical challenges to overcome that I'm I'm sure they've been working on for years. But there's yeah. you know how do you deal with people who have corrective lenses and stuff like that? Yes. Like you can't just make frames that someone can put their own lens into because most of the w the way that most sort of AR glasses type things work is they need that they're actually the lens that's in front of your face has actually got material in it that is refracting the light toward your eye like yeah. that's how the display works mm -hmm. so they have to have some sort of flat display you can put your lens behind I, yeah. like i don't know there's there's just a million practical beyond just all the weird technical stuff there's a bunch of t practical things that they have yeah. to solve that's that's going to be a huge challenge or it's just going to be like an Oculus Rift kind of thing, like where yeah. not an Oculus Rift, like the newer Oculus. It's thing. a headset that it's a yeah. it's a VR headset. It fully covers your face yeah. and has cameras on the front, so it can pipe video in of your surroundings, so you can see their surroundings. And mm -hmm. but it's not, you know. If I were to say, I think that Apple would lean more towards the glasses. Because Me too, yeah. Going back to what you were talking about, Apple liking stuff that looks good. and It's really hard to make those headsets look good. And uh, just for that reason alone, I think Apple would emphasize the glasses. And, and you know, app, as much as Apple does talk about AR or whatever, they, or VR, they, they talk about AR is the future, not really mm -hmm. VR. Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing that's going to make people... Yeah. Really and I agree exciting. with that. Yes. Yeah, putting putting computer graphics into your vision of the real world mm -hmm. is a very powerful thing once you see it. Yeah. Like not a lot of people have used a what's Microsoft's uh, Hololens, Hololens or something like that. But once you see it, like it's got problems with field of view and all this other stuff. But you're like, wow, yeah, you can instantly see. Mm -hmm. It's a wow moment. Mm -hmm. You know. And a lot of, I mean, I'm going to get funny here, but a lot of times when you see science fiction and stuff, that's what's the really cool stuff is when you see the real world with the overlay and everything. Yeah, computer and graphics overlaid on the real world. Yes. You know? That's why AR on your phone doesn't really work. It's not overlaid on the real world. It's on a screen that shows a video of the real world, right. which it's not the real world that you're seeing through your right. eyes with graphics in it. It doesn't is, immerse you uh, in it. Which it, is there's amazing. A, there's yeah. a sense of detachment still. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next year I'm gonna have to save up some money. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, who knows what that's going to cost? So. I should mention that Quo Quo is good, but he's since he's moved to this new job mm-hmm. at a new uh, firm, his predictions have been um, less reliable and more, f- even more forward looking and less reliable. Right. They've been less of the hey, people in the supply chain are yes. telling me that they're making X. And, and they've been more, hey, next year Apple's going to do this thing. Yeah. I bet, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Still still pretty decent, but that's, you know, less of a – he's got less evidence to back yeah. it up. Yeah. And I would point point out that in a lot of this report, even though it's the, – the thing is it's Quo's name that is lending a lot of, you know, authenticity to this. Mm-hmm. Because technically it is an aggregate of rumors that we have heard in the past. It's basically like, True. You know, yeah, we've, we're seeing him saying it. So it, it's there, yeah. there's more legitimacy to it. So that – because none of this really is new that we've heard. And it's not even as much weight as, you know, Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg yes. does a very similar thing. But when he does it, he, he it's because he – He's got moles inside Apple or somebody who's tipping him right, off right. or developers working on things or something, and mm-hmm. and they're tipping him off. And there's no claim of that from Quo. Yeah. Well, from products that could happen to products that actually did happen, hmm. on Monday, this past Monday, Apple shipped the latest version of macOS, macOS 10.15 Catalina. Mm-hmm. It's available now. I've been telling people that they shouldn't upgrade immediately because you need to check for 32-bit apps, which we'll cover that in a little bit uh, in our tip section of the podcast. iOS 13 came out a couple weeks ago. iPad OS came out. Now the next uh, domino to fall is uh, Catalina's yeah, here. TVOS yeah. is out. TVOS, TV uh, Watch OS. So this, this kind of, this completes it. This completes all the products being hit. Yeah. But they're still features that are coming in point updates Mm -hmm. for all of them, (laughs) for every product. The one major feature that did not ship with Catalina is the uh, iCloud Drive folder sharing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It did not ship. So this is where if you're using iCloud Drive where you can share a folder with other people, Mm -hmm. Apple's website says it will happen in the spring of ne- of next year, mm-hmm. so maybe you can get that that AR headset and then <laughs> use it to. Uh, I tried to make a tie in there. I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> share a folder for photos. Yeah. I don't know something. You can use your AR headset to yeah. see what's inside your iCloud Drive shared folder. This is the last thing that all those Dropbox holdouts have been complaining about. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. there's no Dropbox has kind of become. This almost an enterprise solution that's trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a scalable pricing. It's just like here, just pay this large fee for the <laughs> for the big thing. Yeah. And but people are just like, no, but I need to share a folder with my team, mm-hmm. and I can right. do that. Just this folder, and, yeah. and I when once they can do that with iCloud, that'll be great. Yeah. I really, I'm really waiting for that. <laughs> uh, one of the things about this, so this these OSs have come out and. For me, it's been okay, but I've seen a lot of people tweeting and commenting and stuff like that, that this has been kind of the shakiest OS release that they've experienced in a while. No, it's funny, because I have said several times on the podcast, and we were on the beta, I found iPadOS 13 and Catalina to be much more stable than iOS 13. I I have not really had any problems with I, I do have a problem with my external display, but that has been my mm-hmm. only Catalina bug, mm-hmm. and I still have that. 
people are calling it sort of the Windows Vista of, and I really don't think that's a, an earned yeah, title yeah. in part because Windows Vista in its problem was that for like two years, it took them like two years to fix it. It didn't work like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Catalina seems to be, for the most part, working like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's doing things that people are like, oh, yes. this is garbage. Like yeah. dumping 32-bit app support is a problem for people who have really old apps that haven't been yeah. updated and they're like, I need this. Um, all the all the new privacy warnings, things like all those apps that launch on startup that you've mm-hmm. installed and now they want to access folders and now they want to use Bluetooth and all the other stuff and and. Now the OS asks you, which is good, but you're getting inundated with a bunch of pop-ups. It does eventually go away. Yeah, that's the first yeah. time. The first yes. time you have a whole – it's a big headache because you have to say yes to a million apps. But, mm-hmm. again, that's not – it's not the OS is failing or doing what it's mm-hmm. not supposed to do. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Right. It's just annoying you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. It's a little too early to call Catalina like buggy or something yes. right? it, or yeah. have those sorts of problems. It's – you know, Apple's kind of set a bar that's a little high now, and mm-hmm. because the m- recent upgrades have gone pretty smoothly comparatively, yeah, mm-hmm. it, you know, and so now people are kind of freaking out, I guess, over stuff that probably, yeah, and whole as you pointed out, in the whole scheme of things, isn't that isn't really that mm-hmm. right? Grand, and it is working as intended. It's just yeah. the intended thing annoys you at least once, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The 32-bit app support is a thing where, yeah, I don't know how many Mac users really have 32-bit apps. I know a lot of the most vocal, hardcore, old-school app users are still using utilities from five years ago yeah. or more. But I don't know if every, if I don't know how widespread that is. I had a problem with Mac one. Users. That was it. And that was yeah. Oh, and it was Steam, by the way, which for some reason oh. you have to uninstall and reinstall. Yeah, you have it, to yeah. Make a, to get the sixty-four bit. Yeah. yeah. So that was it. That was it. Yeah. I did that last year because it would, you know, the warning would pop up. Uh-huh. This is a thirty-two bit app. It's going to go in, and I was like, oh, I got to go get the sixty-four bit version, yeah. which it doesn't didn't at the time download automatically. You mm-hmm. had to tell it you wanted, and it's fine. Yeah, I did it months ago. I mean, yeah, but it, it, that it, I, I am seeing people on Twitter now saying that they had that they're freaking out, and that turns out it already is sixty four. You just have to uninstall. I it. tell you, if you if you're if <laughs> if Mac fans are freaking about freaking out about the changes in Catalina, yeah. wait until Mac OS probably eleven. They'll call it, which is going to be the ARM version. Oh, you know, yes. then yeah, that's that's going to be a headache. That's going to yeah. be bad. That transition's going to be <laughs> – the transition to Apple's own chips and support for it is going to be a big That's headache for people. This is mi- this is minor compared to that. I yeah. hope they call that Mac OS 11. We're, we're, we've had Mac OS 10-something for forever. For a long time, yeah. <laughs> it's time. Right. That could be almost as epic as the PC – PowerPC to Intel. Yeah. They should treat it as such. They should treat yeah. it differently and say, look, we're still going to support Mac OS 10. 16 or whatever. whatever is. This is another thing. We have a planned transition yeah. where we have this other Mac OS that's not Mac OS 10 something. It'll be like Mac OS 11 Pro Max or something like that. <laughs> but they'll call it, yeah, give it some other name. Give it names that aren't like locations in California. Some other um, kind of, you know, way to... to yeah, brand it differentiate, yeah. and say like we're gonna have both side by side for a while as we transition all you as you can all transition your apps and everything else yeah. 
They got to yeah, they got to plan this out because it's yeah. going to compared that's to gonna Catalina, be, that's going to be a big headache. I'm scared because you know that was their you know the big thing that brought Mac back partly was going back to Intel and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big jump. It is. I, I'm I'm excited for it because I think that's the thing that get, laptops are boring yeah. now yeah. And, yeah. and desktops. They're, it's they can't make them that much more excited if they're stuck on Intel's roadmap. Right. Or they need to do some drastic hardware changes to All this cool progress. stuff that they do in the A-series processors. Right. They, yeah. they, they need to get that in there, and they're kind of shoehorning it in with those the S processor. Not yeah. the S processors. The, is that what they're the S things that do the security and... and Access to the hard drive and all that other stuff. The S processors are in the watch, not the T T T two. Yeah, the T series, the T one and T two. So they're kind of doing it with that, but that's a that's a crummy way to go. Yeah, like yeah. ultimately, they just need to build their own processor yeah. with all the cool stuff, and then they can start doing exciting stuff that they can say, "Look, only an Apple laptop does right. this." Well, the Catalina release was overshadowed on Monday. By the release of updates to Final Cut Pro 10. <laughs> hey, for some people, that's true. For, for a lot of people, that's true, especially in Hollywood, probably. A lot of YouTubers out there. Yeah, a lot um, of YouTubers. On Final Cut. And the reason why I bring this up, I, I know a lot of Final Cut is a niche product. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why I bring it up is because Apple promoted it and, you know, highlighted it's performance on the Mac Pro, mm-hmm. which isn't out yet. Yes. So in a way, it was kind of a way for them to kind of plant this little seed of, hey, look what's coming out. This, yeah. this new, we got some new hardware coming out soon. Yeah, this, this was the Final Cut update that adds support for the Mac Pro yeah. and that accelerator card they had. The after Afterburner yeah. card, yes. So there's a new, uh, so FCP has a new metal-based engine that Ooh. increases performance. And Apple says that FCP now supports up to 28 CPU cores, which is the maximum cores supported in the new Mac Pro. Right. The current cylindrical Mac Pro only has 12. Um, I think it goes up to 12 CPUs. What's the max in the iMac Pro? 14? 18? Oh, I can't. 14 or 18. Something I don't like remember. that, yeah. yeah. It's something like that, yeah. So yeah, that's it's they're prepping for the Mac Pro, which is great, and speed boost for everyone, which yeah. is also great. Yeah, and they also used uh, they used that Final Cut Pro upgrade announcement to also tout that the Pro Display XDR is coming out. I think it's so they talked about how it'll support 100 nits of brightness. Uh, thousand nits. Uh, a thousand, thousand nits. Yeah, sorry. Hundred nits, of hundred nits is, is yeah. Not a lot. Thousand nits of brightness. It has a super high contrast ratio, mm-hmm. which. It's fu- kind of funny because when I mean, if you don't read the if you read the uh, press release for FCP really quickly, you kind of think, "Oh wait a minute, this, these are specs for the display. This isn't necessarily right, mm-hmm. you know, singled out for the software. This, they're they're telling the display here. They're, yep. they're using it as a marketing opportunity for the display. Mm-hmm. So they're ramping up for this new gear to come out soon, as as we were, talked about earlier." We think there's going to be an October event, mm-hmm. yeah, which, which would probably include the release of this Mac. Yeah, it, uh, in, in I'm almost willing yeah. to bet on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have much more to say about it in the sense that right. they really did pretty completely cover the specs. They gave pricing stuff like that. 
they'll they'll obviously have to give pricing for all the different configurations yeah. as, that you could get and go through and you know but there's not a lot left to say but they they'll definitely want to be like it's out and look how amazing it is and demo some how fast it is again and yeah all that stuff speaking of more unreleased product uh mac rumors had an article up f- pointing out that there was a reference to an unreleased sleep app yep. in one of Apple's uh, listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty funny because it, it was for an – was it for an al- alarm app? Yeah, so it was for the alarms, yeah. Yeah, it was for the alarm app, and then, like, there's an the, – they show a screenshot, and the screenshot says re- refers to the sleep app. Right. It specifically says set your bedtime and wake up in the sleep yeah. app. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that didn't happen. That that was one yeah. of the things people thought. It was one of the rumors that was ex- expected for maybe the Apple Watch Series 5 right. announcement and kind of never happened. And we all thought, well, there's no reason a Series 4 or whatever couldn't do that. And I, I guess it's the software is not really there yet. Yeah. So now, we have, now we're left wondering if it's not going to happen until next fall's watchOS release or if maybe it's going to be one of those point release things that they – announce right. in the middle of the year. It'd be weird. They don't do that a lot, mm-hmm. but they have. They have, they have done, done it. That. It does feel like it would be a feature they would want to showcase at market. Yes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's one of these apps that people have been waiting for and waiting for, and, and sometimes Apple just kind of slips it out kind yeah. of thing. That's so. interesting. I, I'd almost think that they would probably wait for the next one because uh, you know, when Apple does big announcement for the Apple Watch, it usually is at those big keynotes uh, events and stuff. And I think something like that would fall under the radar. And it would so like almost like when they come, but you know, when they re- they announce the next one, it'd be like, oh, and don't forget, you you know, we now have sleep tracking in there. And yeah. So yeah. It would be some kind of underwhelming. I don't know. There is now support for Spotify. If you're using Siri on your iPhone, iPad, and CarPlay. And it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I used it today. It's great. Oh, good. Okay, yes. Man. But the thing is, you have to say on Spotify, correct? Right. So if you just yeah. say play Green Day, it's going to play it in Apple Music. Uh-huh. If you want to use any other third-party app, you say have to play Green Day on Spotify. And it'll mm-hmm. play... It, it works for artists. It works for all your playlists. It works for albums, you know, any of that stuff. It even does work for podcasts, but you have to say podcast or it's going to think you're looking for music. Right. So if you say play Macworld on Spotify, it's going to try to find some music called <laughs> Macworld. It's going to play Mad World and it's not going to be right. We should make a song called Macworld. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But if you do say play the Macworld podcast on Spotify, totally works. Mm. I should mention on the Spotify, they also have an Apple TV app now, which we've been waiting for forever. Mm-hmm. Does not work with Siri on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and the home does not have any HomePod support. Yeah, you have to. You can AirPlay, which you can right. always do, mm-hmm. but um, that's because you can't install an app right. on yeah, any sure. app uh, from anyone on a HomePod. So, how is Siri going to kick off to the Spotify app on HomePod when there isn't one? And that would have been a big seller. That would, that would make the HomePod a lot more exciting. Yeah, yeah it would have. But in order for them to ever get Spotify or Audible or anything on support for Siri on mm-hmm. the HomePod. They either have to allow you to install those apps or they have to work on the back end for you to be able to connect those services somehow because otherwise 
Siri doesn't even know who to talk to. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Apple TV. Apple TV now uh, allows you to watch Twitch streams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So if you're into watching Twitch. Yeah, it used to have like a third-party app to do it. Yeah. And yeah. now this is a native app. A native Twitch in- app, which is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but it, that might be great just because Twitch, like the chat is such a part of it. Yeah. And yeah. when the keyboard comes up on the Apple TV, when you want to type something, you can type on your phone mm-hmm. to do the Apple TV's That's keyboard nice. input. Mm-hmm. So that might be a great way, a better way to use Twitch on your TV than all the sort of console apps and stuff mm-hmm. where participating in the chat is such a chore. That's yeah. a really good point. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the two-minute tip where our Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. This week's tip is is related to the release of macOS Catalina, which requires your software to be 64-bit. If you're using new, recently released software, chances are it's 64-bit. But if you have an app or two that's old and never been updated, it could be 32-bit, and 32-bit software won't work on Catalina. Before you upgrade to Catalina, check to see if you have any apps that are 32-bit and need to be upgraded. You can do this with an app from St. Clair Software called Go64. Go64 scans your Mac and lists whether it's 64-bit or not. It also provides web links to the app developer's website so you can check for upgrades. You can get Go64 at stclairsoftware.com. It's free. They do accept donations. If you don't want to use a third-party app, you can check your software in the Mac's Activity Monitor app, which is found in your Mac's Utilities folder. And we have an article on Macworld.com with the details on how to use Activity Monitor to check if your software is 32 or 64-bit. And there's a, in the, about this Mac, you know, in your big list of like all your stats and stuff, you can see all your installed software there and add a column and find it too. Really that Go 64 is the way to go because it's going to help you go, oh, I do have a 32-bit app. What do I get? How do I upgrade this? How do I? Go 64 has a little bit of a... It makes yeah. it a little more efficient. They're not paying us to, to say that. No. That's just the way to go. We <laughs> yeah. just like it. It's just, yeah, it just makes <laughs> it a little more efficient and easier to, to access. Now it's time for your hot takes. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you're thinking via email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on Macworld's <laughs> Facebook page. Uh, these comments caught our eye this week. Something from Larry Bratch. He's talking about the rumors of a iPhone SE2. He's much more interested if the phone had a smaller screen, but it'll be good to have a lower priced option again. I, I think that's mainly what Apple's thinking about is hitting that lower price. Yeah, yeah it's, it's as much about sort of the Indian South American market and everything as yeah. anything else. Yeah. I hate to admit it. Yeah, he's that's probably gone as far as like little bee phone. Yeah, little yeah. bee phone ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the price point uh, now. As amazingly small as they made the sort of entire logic board for the new phones, mm-hmm. like if you've seen the teardown, they because it's like now it's folded in half on top of itself yeah. and everything. It's like two postage stamps next to each other. It's yeah. really amazing. Yes. But uh, they're still not gonna cram this into a four-inch phone. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Everyone. those days are gone. Those days are gone. And by the way, yeah, j- j- just to expand on that, it's really really nerdy. But if you look at, like, I had to have my screen repaired the other day, and you know, I get to see the internals of my iPhone, and it, it's just so amazing how neatly packed that stuff is. Yeah. It's so tight. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and our last comment this week comes from Joe Wassman. It's in response to an article that Jason Snell wrote about third-party Apple Watch faces, saying how it's it should be time. We should ho- hopefully Apple's thinking about it, and that we'll get the ability to support Apple or third-party uh, watch faces on the Apple Watch soon. Yeah. Uh, Joe Wassman said Apple should have a software kit to allow users to make custom watch faces. You know, Apple probably does have that internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've probably been pounding on it. They just haven't decided to release it. And they probably will when they do announce third-party face support. I think it's yeah. going to happen. I we- mean, we've been all clamoring for this for years. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I can understand Apple wanting to keep the rails relatively narrow mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of making sure that people don't do things that uh, are copyright infringements, mm-hmm. making sure that th- people don't do things that are battery drains or yeah. something like that. But I I think they can make a face kit or something yeah. framework that I think it exists. That, or, they use it internally. They yeah, just, or, or some yeah. version of that that's even <laughs> less powerful that just says, like, look, these are the, the fonts and numbers you get. These are the, the interface, like... Uh, not interface because it's a watch face. Yeah. These are all the watch face like pieces. You the pieces of the puzzle you get to play with. Make the face that you want out of these pieces. Right. So devil's advocate here. Um, I think that Apple probably will not. And uh, uh, first of all, there is all the issues about that. They would have to approve everyone. Not only that, they would have to re-approve them with every release to make sure mm. that it works properly. I don't know if Apple, because that's going to diminish the quality of it. The, with the Series 4 and the Series 5, you know, I'm still on a Series 3, but they released a lot more watch faces mm. that are a lot more along the lines of what I would want to see on my wrist. They're a lot more attractive and stuff. But another reason why I think they would be more hesitant is because uh, you know they have to have that deal with Hermes, and you know you don't want people making you know because they have this special in like Nike too, yeah. where they have the special watch faces, and they don't want something taking away from that. So they're not going to let somebody do like a clone of that because they want people to pay their fortune to get a, a Hermes watch and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, they would they would need to go through and make sure that not only are they not using copyrighted characters mm-hmm. and stuff, but that they're also not making mimics of. Not only Hermes and Nike, but other classic wa- real-world watch faces, right. you know, without permission and stuff. So there are some hurdles to overcome, but it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like Google's getting sued out of into oblivion for allowing people to make custom watch faces for you know Watch OS or something. So mm-hmm. it it could happen, but I think the rails would have to be pretty tight yeah. you'd have to they'd have to make it relatively limited what you could do we've seen that with some stuff or you know other people have been doing stuff and then apple does it and then it's like oh time to that's, out. that's true yeah, yes. apple's got a big target yeah. on it yes. yeah. well now that i look at joe's comment again he actually says a software kit to allow users to make custom watch that's faces. not gonna well, yeah they'd have no. to go through the I, and i was process. thinking i was talking more third party yes watch yeah. faces that's software developers happen. Like I said, I, I, yeah, I agree with Lyft. I don't think the ability for users to make a custom watch face will happen. Totally agree, yeah. yeah. Now, you can get very creative. I've done it myself. I've made my own with the, the photo face sure. where you can yeah. make it look cool and stuff. But you, you can get creative you with that. You can work around it, yeah. yeah. But that's just a photo, yeah. right? It's, you, yeah. you don't, there's only limited functional stuff you can put with that. 
you know. Yeah. Well, see, it's like, I mean, it wouldn't be green, but like I, I've seen some where, you know, you put the widgets where you want them to, you have the time, but it almost looks like, you know, a Pip Boy uh, watch face from the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, from Fallout. Fallout. So you, you can make them look pretty creative. So, yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing that Apple would have to watch that, uh, watch, <laughs> that Apple would have to look <laughs> out for that somebody doesn't go make a Pip Boy yeah. watch face unless they're Bethesda and own the rights and then but Bethesda would love to do that yeah, I'm sure yeah. so uh, you know it's, those are the things that yeah. it's fraught with issues yeah. but I still think they should do it at least for developers and at least in some or at the if not that if not make a public you know face kit that mm-hmm. developers can access that any developer can access at least make a developer program that they can work with specific developers mm-hmm. yeah. pick a hundred developers out there that they're making watch faces with and can release some watch faces yeah. you know some limited program i don't know give you an idea. oh i made one myself i forgot it was about two years ago it was actually really popular i uh, got a lot of tweets and stuff but uh from legend of zelda breath of the wild mm-hmm. i made one that looked like a kind of like a shake a slate uh which is the main interface that yep. link interview yeah and so i kind of made my watch look like a like a shake a slate and people love that so yep. yeah you can have fun with that but it's a photo and you can only yes. like yeah it's a you, skin the, yeah that the, right. the time can only go in this location and you know yeah, change the colors of the time yeah, yeah. Well, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 671. Thanks to Leif Johnson. Thank you. Thank you, Jason Cross. Thank you. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, you can send us an email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or you can drop us a line on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us next week as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next week. I don't know what I I must have moved my hand so that I held the crown down or something because at some point everything I said was like on Siri was just listening to everything I said and just going like <laughs> flipping out and going what are you talking about I'm just like there's like bu- like eight bubbles of just like garbage <laughs> on my screen I'm like what the hell I've done that before yeah, yeah. Uh,